You're listening to the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott, providing you inspiration, information, knowledge, and motivation to help you on your soul's path. Covering topics related to health and happiness from the mystical to the metaphysical and everything in between. Making the unknown known. Now let's join the podcast to discover today's topic. And we are recording. Hello, Candice. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So I have to ask, so how's things in Nevada these days? No, um, honestly, I stay away from people (laughs) these days. So in my little bubble, things are quite nice. Lots of nature. The weather is kind of perfect right now. So I'm kind of just chilling. I'm having a good time. Oh, that's good. You know, unfortunately, uh, up here in Toronto, we're down into our second lockdown. So we had this mandatory shutdown. So everything is locked down again for the second time. So it's just, it's nutty. So I it's like, man, I want to move to the States. I have a friend who lives in Colorado and says, we can still move around. You just got to, you know, have your protocols in order. So yeah, you know, they're not that crazy here. I wish they'd be a little more crazy because there's so many people around, but you can go to restaurants. You have to wear a mask. You can basically do anything. You just have wow. to wear a mask. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is that is not existent. The only thing that are open now are grocery stores, um, liquor stores, which is amazing. It's it's so bizarre, and yeah. a, a few medical things. But everything else is closed down. Restaurants have been closed down for a while. They keep you know outdoor patios. I mean, we're up in here in Toronto, so I mean the weather gets like freezing cold. But we had outdoor patios all set up, but they've changed that. So are they doing takeout or delivery? Uh, some of it, but now they closed that down too as well. So it's a stay home policy, like strict. So nobody can go. So nobody can go to work on that. So oh, that's yeah. a different world than over here. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, the joys of of being a Canadian. You ever make it up here uh, during your film industry? Yes. yes, yes. I spent. I I shot a movie in Toronto a long, long time ago when I was an actress, probably in 2006. And then about four years ago, I was going to Vancouver every month. Um, to shoot this Lululemon catalog because I was still modeling at the time. So I spent quite a bit of time in Canada and I loved it, really did. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. So how did you go from this successful kind of modeling television career to now this amazing coach that you're helping so many people? How did that transition happen? Ooh, I got chills when you asked me that. It, you know, it's interesting because it's almost like I had to wait to do my purpose. I, when I was really, really, really young, I um, was in therapy with my family because they were going through a divorce. I was nine years old. And I remember asking my therapist between nine and 11, um, is there anyone I can talk to that's like a spiritual psychologist? And she was like, what the hell is that? And I just felt like you're not getting deep enough, you're not understanding the emotions that I'm even starting to understand. And I just felt like no one was getting me as a highly sensitive kid. And so I always knew, you know, I want to be like a therapist, but like deeper. And I just, it didn't exist in the world at the time. So then I got really into naturopathic medicine and all these kinds of energy healing. I would walk around with like a chakra wand when I was a teenager. It was weird. And um, I ended up in high school having an awakening of just kind of understanding that everything is, it sh- is as it should be, but I don't know what to do with this. And so I had this dream one night that I'm going to be traveling the world. And, and I just got this idea. A girlfriend said to me, why don't you be a model? <laughs> and this is in high school. And I was like, that sounds fun. And so um, long story short, that happened very quickly and easily for me. And I was whisked off to Japan the week after I graduated from high school on a contract and then Germany and then Greece and just kept going. And it was just this way of me to see different cultures and understand myself in a way that wasn't 
really shown in just America. It was really interesting. And I learned different religions and different spiritual practices being in all these countries. And then I came home and I had a great career, but I was still longing to do the thing I was always wanting to do, which was something aligned with spirituality, with holistic thought. And so it was when I wanted to retire, I was about um, 30 years old. I was like, I want to retire from this career. I've done it. I'm, I'm tired. And I noticed that there was a school down the street from my house now that was a master's program in spiritual psychology. Wow. Very and I cool. Said, Boom. That's what I've been waiting for. So I went there and that was it for me. I eventually like cut off the modeling little by little. And then um, when I graduated, it was almost like I was there in school and my teachers were like, you were made for this. I said, yes, I know. And I was so frustrated that the world wasn't ready for me when I was ready to do it. But then I fell right into it. And it was just this started channeling, all this stuff started happening. And it was just this ownership of this deep purpose I've had for as long as I can remember. Wow, it feels that's, like Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. You know, cause you know, to find it at such a young age to kind of know back then to ask those questions at nine years old. I wish I had that kind of, uh, that type of uh, information back then, but I wanted to ask you about spiritual psychotherapy or spiritual uh, psychology, your background on that. How is that different from regular um, psychology? Do you guys study different, uh, different people? Like, are you more Jungarian or is it more like Maslow? Are you into like uh, John Bradshaw stuff? Like, how does it, where does it all start? What's the difference? There's a huge difference. I love this question. I'm not a therapist. And the reason that I decided not to go that route is because I don't like pathology. I don't like giving labels to people and saying you're stuck in this label. I think that it works for some people to get some more understanding about themselves. But as a young kid at seven years old being diagnosed with ADHD, I think it was a really, really big wound that it created in me. Um, however, it did make me see that I'm outside the box. It did make me see that I've got some other things going on and I think different, but it was a negative thing at the time. So I didn't go that route in spiritual psychology. We studied all therapy. My favorite is always young. Carl Jung is yeah. like, I feel like, yeah, He's that's the guy. I believe. Yeah. Um, but it also works with really healing the inner child, emotional wounds, seeing that you're a soul, having a human experience. You're not just a person on a planet with some kind of societal mission, it's more like aligning with something higher to be able to survive society. Um, it's completely opposite. And most of my clients that come to me are like, holy shit, Candace, I've been in therapy for 20 years and you are healing me. Why, why, why is this so different? And one of the reasons is I'm not healing you. I'm showing you how to heal yourself because I'm giving you tools every single day to shift your perspective, but also relate to yourself in life differently. In therapy, which I think therapy can be really great for a lot of people, but oftentimes in therapy, people find that they're talking too much and then they're reopening their wounds or talking about the issues. And a lot of therapy doesn't give you resolve where spiritual psychology gives you resolve because you're realizing who you truly are rather than functioning from these sort of constructs and conditions that really mess us up a lot of time. Yeah, I've, I've been in the therapy process, so I do understand that. And they do kind of get you stuck in the story instead mm -hmm. of actually dealing with the actual things. And, you know, um, some of the therapists I've seen were cognitive behavioral, which really helped a lot, just changed my behavior, but it really didn't get to the source of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yes. So I end up, you know, as much as I would functionally change things in my habits and behaviors very slowly, my, I might add, 
it never really got to the real meat of it. It didn't get to like the inner child work. So when I heard uh, on your videos, you talk about inner child work, big fan of it. I think it's one of the quintessential things that most people need. It is, it's not a quintessential, you need to do it. It's just, if you're on this, if you're need, if you're on this journey, you got to do it. That's just, there's no way around it. And you put it in such a practical approach, but a very approachable thing, which I find, which is fascinating because that type of work can be very, it's very messy. It can be very messy. A lot of trauma, things showing up and it's not always the great and it's, it takes tough, but it takes courage to do it. So I commend you on that. And I know you talk a lot about, you know, your own personal experiences too, as well which I think is very, very valid too, because as somebody who's, you know, practicing and coaching people, you got to come from experience because how could you really relate to somebody that you've, if you've never had shit happen in your life, how do you know how to talk about it? You know, well, you know a lot of people tell me, well, my clients always say the reason, and they come back. I, I see people for years and years and years. The reason I'm with you is because you get me because you've done it and you came out the other side side. And I, I used to think before I started coaching, I was like, I have to be totally healed before I do anything, but that's ridiculous. Cause you're never totally healed. It's just, you have tools to continue healing, right? Hello. Yeah. So I never say I'm above you all. Listen to me. I say, I'm with you. Listen to what I'm going through and how I'm doing it. And people get inspired by the pain that I have to go through with grace and ease. And that's the difference is when people are like, I'm your guru run away because if you're human, in my opinion, you ain't a guru because you're on this planet and you're a human and you have human experiences. So so I just, I call myself the wounded healer. I do a mixture of things, but it's really wisdom that comes from the experience of having to heal myself very much by myself in certain ways for a long time and always having frustration around that. You said earlier, man, I wish I knew my purpose at a young age. Well, no, because it was very frustrating to me to have this purpose and not have an outlet for it and not have words for it and just have to do all this work and say, universe, why do I have to go through all this shit? And then when I get to an older age, I'm like, oh, that's why. Cause now I can help others understand everything that I really had to go through. And that brings me more joy than anything, honestly. Yeah. Like I really, I gravitate to the wounded healer. I just had somebody who was doing um, an astrology chart with me and we talked about that. And there's uh, this asteroid called Cryon. I'm sure you're familiar with that. <laughs> Yeah. The wounded healer. And that's just, that's, that's me too, as well. So I, you're preaching to the choir here. Um, you know, it's, it's really amazing. So you have so many courses that you teach. And one of the things I was looking at was self-love and love. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's another big thing. Um, I know personally myself, you know, when you're struggling to have self-love, you always kind of look at for somebody else in relationships and things like that. And a lot of them are not always, I've had a few toxic relationships in my day and you realize that, you know, now I can look back and go, holy shit, that was not the best place for me to be. And I was trying, I was projecting, I was doing all this, just trying to get wholeness back through this other person. But I was the one that was so wounded that I've just, it was just like, blah, all out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I teach this course called emotional rehab, which is basically, it's the best course I've ever created. I'm obsessed with it. It's basically healing the emotional wounds that create toxic relationships and also hold you back from that true fulfillment of purpose. And a lot of that course is actually doing inner child work, mirror work. Oh my God, so many things. But because of that course, I'm now launching a new course called shadow work because the reality of you projecting or or getting from someone else what isn't in there is actually just the part of your shadow that needs to be integrated. 
And so it's interesting because I'll, I'll talk to a lot of people and I'm like, she can't, it's my life's awesome, but my freaking relationship. And I'm like, cool. What is, let's look at what you're avoiding in life. Most people are avoiding intimacy. Sorry, that's my dog. That's it's, okay. He's a puppy. That's all right. <laughs> they're avoiding intimacy. They're avoiding conflict with, if you're a highly sensitive person, you hate conflict. You're avoiding your own power. So what you do, this is what I used to do. See, see, you have to settle down. What I used to do is I would date really powerful men because I wasn't claiming my power yet. And what I realized through, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's realized, a, it's, you know, he wants to be part of it. It, you know, it's fine. Be, uh, I, you know, doing a podcast, you realize uh, people are working from home. So I've had <laughs> kids run in, mom, mom, mom. I've yeah. had husbands come in, you know, so yeah. that's the great thing about editing. Um, you know, it's part of it too, but it just shows that it's very real. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, of course, dogs love energy, right? So when you get two energetic people yapping, it's like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? That's what he does. His name is Saint. He's basically like part of this. So yeah. um, sorry about that. Um, oh, annoying. Good. Nice. Sit down. Here's your bone, baby. Okay. Moving on. So I would, I would attract these powerful men because I was afraid of my own power. And so at least I'm like, okay, at least I feel whole because I'm with someone powerful. So I don't like to be that. And what was so interesting when I did my own inner child work and shadow work is as a child, I felt like a lot of my power was taken away from me by put, being put on Ritalin and being sort of numbed and sort of like dumbed down, even though I was like, I've got all of this wisdom. People are like, but that's not what we're teaching. I felt very powerless to that. And when I realized that my power wasn't going to be taken away anymore, I stopped looking for it outside of me. And I started really becoming it, not in like I'm powerful way, but like, I'm going to be my expression of self way. And I'm going to go after everything I want because I know I deserve it. And I know it's not scary to be in that space of authentic power. So people do that a lot. This one client I have is really afraid of conflict, but he keeps attracting women that are really dramatic and full of conflict and so I said well what do you do when that woman comes around he's like you know I, I don't know I shake I freak out I go okay cool well that's because you haven't integrated conflict you have a trauma around conflict so what I have him do is watch videos of people having a lot of conflict while he's at home in a safe space so he gets used to not being afraid of it and running from it if you can integrate conflict and not think that it's going to break me down and kill me you don't have to attract it the reason we attract it is because it's in our shadow. So it's resonating with this part of us we're totally unaware of. Yeah. And once you heal that, you don't need the lesson. So you'll start attracting things that are more in alignment with, oh, my integrated self. Yeah, the happy self, this the joyous person that you always are meant to be instead of this uh, crazy person that's just kind of running through life, trying to figure things out with through these wounded, wounded lenses, as I call them. You just can't yeah. figure things out. I mean... Uh, yeah, and it's and I can really commend you on that too. Is is just the body of work that you've done over the last little while. It's it's amazing. Your videos are great. I mean, obviously you can just tell by the amount of views you're resonating with people in the comments. And again, it's just something that's that's really amazing. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about too as well was um, you talk about core wounding and tribal wounds and family of origin stuff like that. How do I'm always looking for practical approaches for people listening. So what can they do right now? Besides going to your website and picking up one of your courses, mm -hmm. what can some of the people do right now to start looking at those wounds, figuring out what they can do? So maybe some practical tips or some yeah. techniques that they can look at right now. I love it. I'm just going to throw his bone over here. Go baby, get away. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love it because people, you know, one of the things that I find really annoying when people are trying to really heal is they'll read a book and they'll gather all this information, but they're like, how do I apply it? I get it, but I still feel the same. I'm still having that trigger. I'm still having that pattern. So one thing I really love to do when we start to do the mother wound and the father wound healing, because it's, in my opinion, I've always said since I was a kid, actually, I feel like there are emotional genetics because you can see like the codependency that goes through families and the narcissism and shit that people don't heal. So one thing I do is look at your triggers. What did you make it mean? That's important. Yes. What did you make it mean? Because it's not what's happening. If you're healed, someone can reject you and you're like, oh, that's funny. They probably have something going on. If you're not healed, oh my God, what it is about me, right? So you have to look at what you're making it mean. And then where did that come from? Another really important thing that's hard for people to do because people are stuck in the vision of who their parents are, God, survival, you know, false idol. Look at your dad and look at the truth of who your dad is. He's a wounded human who didn't do much inner work. So he got that from his dad. Oh, wow. Now, when you look at your wounded self, you're like, shit, that's what my dad does. Okay, so dad's not God. Dad is a human with wounds. So why do I put him on a pedestal of authority over my own inner guidance? Yeah. We don't go into that thought process of even considering that I can be my own permission slip to be who I am. Yeah, it's, it's so ingrained. It's so ingrained because it's in your emotional, you know, it's before the age of eight, we go through this whole emotional imprint that we don't question because it becomes such a pattern and a habit that that's our reality. But then we're like, shit, my reality is not what I want it to be. Why? Because mom and dad, inner critic are in my head. And what are my thoughts? I don't even know how to know my thoughts. Right. So there's a whole process behind that. It's, it's all about them. And that's the thing. If you have toxic parents and stuff like that, you just, you don't understand. You just, it's the reality is just through their lenses. And it's, Interesting. I know you, the idea about genetics and I've, you know, done like family of origin work and you kind of see the patterns in the genetics of it. You know, um, you used to call it a, a genogram, like John Bradshaw would do a genogram and see where everything is. So you take your two sides of the family and you do a history of what everything is done. So you look at all the different health issues, you know, mm-hmm. certain things and you talk about figuring out where the stuff and you can look at different mm-hmm. patterns from either side and oh, you yeah. look and then there's me. And it's like, here is this dumping ground of all this genetic material that's from their grandparents and their great grandparents. And it's lifetimes of work of trying to heal stuff. And it's, it's can be a little over daunting, but at the same time, it's very illuminating because that illumination is, is kind of like liberation at the same time, because you can go, Oh shit, I can change that. You know, because the one thing you, you always hear, I don't want to be like my parents. Yes. And you know, you, you, you brought up self-love earlier and I just want to tie something back to that because it's really important is people are constantly looking for acceptance and permission from their parents before they allow themselves to love themselves and own themselves. And we need to stop doing that because it never came there from there. So it's never going to. Yeah. And what we do is we keep recreating this emotional imprint I was talking about with a partner who's like that energy to say, well, maybe I'll get it now so that the original story is validated. But what we really need to do is invalidate the original story so that we can own the truth of who we are. And so that's what I talk about with shadow work with a lot of clients is you just married your dad because your dad never gave you what you needed. So you think this one will. Well, that's silly because the other one didn't. So, you know, and people, but people are attracted to that because that is the imprint. And so how do you change that attraction is you have to change your understanding and also do the trauma work so your body can release those emotions. I always say, feel it to heal it. 
yeah. release it. We'll get real about how you feel so you can heal. Cause you have to be vulnerable. You have to grieve. You have to understand you were a victim to not getting a need met before you can own the power of no longer being a victim. And when you do that, you're like, Oh, okay. Look at who my mom is. She, wow. She fights with people. She is it, whatever it is. That's not me. Okay. No. What's me then? And people are so afraid to do that because uncertain identity is one of the scariest things. What sure. if I really am not worthy? What if I really don't deserve? But that's all bullshit. You yeah. are still having a human experience. You deserve every desire you've ever had. Yeah, that is so true. That is so true. It is interesting. You know, you talked about, you know, marrying your, 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 or dating your oh, father, yeah. you know, like I know my, you know, I've dated a few of my mothers and it's, it's interesting because <laughs> I can look back at it at the time. It was like, it was like the most toxic and worst kind of relationships, but I look back now and I could see the humor in it, but also I could see the healing out of it. It's like, man, mm -hmm. wow. And it was interesting too. At the time I know um, from one of the girls I dated, I was basically like her father mm -hmm. at the time. So we were both two people, very wounded people trying to work out their, core issues from their parents, you know, her with her father and then me with my mother, the issues and stuff like that going back and forth. So yes. I can look at it now and it's like, you know, I'm so much more aware when I go into a relationship and you start dating and you just, you kind of know already, you know, I mean, myself being highly sensitive, you kind of pick up on it, but it's mm -hmm. just really, uh, it's a, it's illuminating. It's very, very illuminating. Well, and I also think, you know, these are the relationships that are our lessons. And it's interesting. I could tell you a lot of personal stories, which I won't bore you right now, but what I've learned through a couple of really serious, amazing relationships is, you know, they are healing for different reasons at different levels till you get to the point where you're like, Oh my God, I love myself. I've integrated myself. I just want someone who's my mirror, my partner. I don't need any, I don't need a daddy, a mommy. I am my own father and mother inside. Yes, so it's yes. almost that emotional maturity that needs to happen to then feel like, oh, I'm good. I just want to share that. And I want someone that has the qualities that I love in myself. But so often people don't love themselves. So they're looking for something that they, they aren't. And what ultimately happens is you're like, oh God, when you start to heal and you're with someone that's not like you, you're like, what do we have in common? And that's when people are like, shit, can we grow together? I'm like, no, you're two totally different humans. You got to go. It, it ain't <laughs> happening. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's so important um, is that once you find that, that energy, that joy, that independence, that self-love, that confidence, all those things that we, we lack as children in the wounds, and we finally empower ourselves to make those choices, you, you, it, it's so hard. Like, I mean, now it's, it's like one of those things I find it difficult um, in, my, in the dating area is just to find because I've done my work. And a yes. lot of people haven't. So you yes. kind of go out in the dating pool and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. And it's like, all right, thanks. Um, and then it, it's, I find it was very difficult. Um, but that being said, you know, I know you talk a lot about your self-love and your mastery courses too as well, but you do the emotional rehab. Is there something in the emotional rehab that you teach people that they can, that they can use all the time. Like what, yeah. what? Yes. There's so much emotional rehab is a 12 week course, but I'm with you the whole time. So there's live Q and A. So it's like, you have a support system and there's a bunch of people 
that you can relate to as well. So the first thing I'll say is it's community of like-minded people where you're like, holy shit, I'm not alone and I'm not weird for having this. That is so important and people don't understand. When you have consistent support, when you're going through emotion, your trauma releases. That's number one, because what's the definition of trauma? Going through something really negative, emotional, negatively emotional and having no support. So you're stuck in it. You don't know how to resolve it. So in this course, you're resolving shit all the time. And also um, I go through every week is a different theme. There's inner child work, right? There's mirror work. Now we're talking about um, narcissism, toxic relationships, gaslighting, all these different things that people are like, whoa, that's me. Am I codependent? Am I love addict? Am I, oh, it's none of those things. I just have these wounds that I need to love and heal and integrate. So I teach people how to integrate their inner child so that you feel more whole oneness. I teach people how to have boundaries, which are really important when it comes to self and relationship. Boundaries are crazy, crazy important. I had issues with that. Mm -hmm. I I had serious issues with boundaries. Well, most people do because, well, we won't go into it, but childhood Um, and society. But the other thing I I teach is about society versus universal law. I also teach about the false self, how it's developed, how to break it down, how to claim the true self, what the hell the true self is, how to know the difference, how to know the difference between fear, love, wounds, wisdom, all the things that people get confused about when they're healing alone. You know, when you read these books and you heal alone, you can only get to a certain point because you're like, where do I go from there? How does... You know, people come to me and I'm like, oh, I just made sense of your whole life. And they're like, holy shit. Yeah, because 20 minutes, it's see- done. Yeah, it's done. In the first 15 minutes of a session, people are like, what did you just say? You just made sense of my life. I'm like, I can't help it. I just, I feel into you. I can feel your core wounds. I can feel what's going on in your throat. I feel it. And then we release it. And when you release these stored wounds, it's almost like you become this channel of clarity for your own life. And that yeah. is priceless. In my it opinion. is. You you can't put a you can't put a price on it. Yeah. Um, is there any other techniques like anything holistic that they can do too as well? Like, um, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of energy work and especially you know supporting because when you have these wounds and you you're doing a lot of mental emotional stuff, you know you get the physical, chemical, spiritual stuff that you kind of need to take care of. Are there certain things that you'd recommend to your clients like? you know, yoga, acupuncture, you know, chiropractic, things like that to kind of help them during that time frame. So many things, you know, I always talk about my own experience because it's helpful. When I was going through my deep, my deepest healing, I would get a massage every single week, sometimes more, because it really helped me release it out of the body. It's one Mm -hmm. thing to release it out of the mind. That somatic experience, releasing out of your body is massive. If you can't afford that or you don't like that or you don't want to do that, what I say is either self-massage as you're going through mantras, as you're releasing emotionally, yoga positions, either I love doing child's pose. I love doing... Um, certain poses for different people when you're releasing certain things, pigeon pose to release emotion, but letting it flow as you're also doing the physical act. Acupuncture is amazing. EFT is life-changing. Love that. Love that. Yes. I also have people do walking meditations. I did two hours of this walking meditation for two years as well. And it was so healing in the mountains. And I felt like it was such a medicine from nature at the same time to ground in your authentic self, your true essence. I also love to give people writing assignments. I have all different kinds of writing assignments that people freak out about because you're connecting to a part of yourself 
that you, you're like, yeah, I get it. No, but when hand to paper, you're releasing energy, you're yeah. burning stuff. There's so many things, but I think a, a short answer is meditate and do EFT. <laughs> yeah. EFT is, is very important. I'm a big fan of EMDR too, as well. Have you mm -hmm. ever heard of EMDR? I think that's fantastic, especially for really traumatized people who've had that. Now I've ex had some real serious trauma in my youth. And uh, uh, when I got hooked onto EMDR, it was like a light bulb. Like it literally just changed things. So, so very much, very, very quickly, but EFT for sure. Self-managing too, as well. Um, you know, you're feeling stressful, start tapping, get into the thymus, start tapping. Love that too, as well. Massage for sure. Like I'm very much mind, body, spirit type person. I firmly believe that uh, a lot of the courses through my readings, it's always been that same thing. Mind, body, spirit. You got to get the two out because if you're doing all this emotional work, it, like you get it stuck, it's stuck energy in the body. You got to get it out. So massage for sure. Now, one of the things I've found, if you can't afford massage, you can go to massage schools and get it a lot cheaper too as mm -hmm. well. So if you knew that there's a massage therapy school around you, it's, it's like dirt, dirt cheap. It's like sometimes 10, 15 bucks just to have a student work on you and you go in there and they treat you. So it's a great way of doing that. I've done that a few times That's just to kind of, yeah, just to get that. And I'm so, you know, you, know, you talk about massage and it's like, God, I want to go on massage right now. No, I, I have to go. But during quarantine, you know what I did is I, um, I invested in a massage chair at home and a foot massage, um, thingy from sharper image because i was like i'm not gonna not have this so i do that but also one other thing i want to mention because this has really been big for me lately is i take um i do light therapy in the a jacuzzi at night i do light like even your tub light therapy you can even buy one it's like just all these different lights play music and put epsom salts in your bath i'll stay in there for two hours if i have time and i'll just process my emotions. And I swear to God, I get out and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. It's so relaxing. You can then set a bedtime intention with your subconscious mind and say, I'd like to process these emotions and let them go. Your dreams will guide you. It's kind of a really amazing spa, spiritual healing experience. So everyone who has a bathtub can do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do a lot of subconscious work too, as well? Do you do a lot of reprogramming yeah. with that? Is that part yeah. of the curriculum? Yeah, I do. I, you know, because it's my own stuff that I've kind of figured out myself. I just share it with people who I know are into it. And what it really is for me is it's kind of like just talking, but shifting into another perspective. And people always say to me, Candace, it doesn't feel like I'm just talking to you. It's like a transmission. Something's happening. And I feel like when you're talking to someone who can be a, an unconditional mirror to you, which is not what we get with our parents because our parents have all this guck, right? But if you can be yeah. with someone who can see you without judgment, you can start to get into those subconscious patterns a lot easier because yeah. there's less yeah. resistance. There's less fear of what someone's gonna think of me. So I do it a little bit differently, but it's more of like how I'm relating to you is getting into you in a way where the patterns start to shift. Okay. So when you're part of the process, when, you, when you're talking to your clients, do you go into, do you do like a meditation prior to it? Or do you get them into a certain state where they're kind of changing those brain waves? Do you do, you do anything like that to, to kind of get them so, into that state? I do that with my monthly membership because with the monthly membership, there's a whole bunch of people from around the world. We're all on Zoom together. So I have everyone sit for about five to 10 minutes, depends on the day. And I'll do a guided meditation to get everyone on the same level of the same consciousness. And it's amazing what happens because everyone from around the world, different ages, different genders, different whatever, the same issue. 
I mean, it's, I call it the collective consciousness because I'm like, damn, my people find me and it's like the right people find me at the right time. So I do that for the monthly membership. I do that for emotional rehab, but with my one-on-one clients, I'll do it if I feel like they need to be centered before they start talking. But some people are like, Candice, I have so much I got to say. And I said, you know what? Start where you want and I'll guide you. Some people don't want to relax before they go into it because they've been waiting for this session for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, they, they're about to explode. They just like, like damn it, I've been holding this forever. I had this light bulb moment and it's like, oh my God, I got to tell her, I got to do all this yes. stuff like this. Yes. And it's like this and, and just go yes. like, just like verbal diarrhea because it just, yes. they're so excited because they had that epiphany yes. and it's just like a light bulb change. And like, always, always. Yeah. Yeah. People come to me with like notes. I'm like, okay, girl, we're going to get to it. <laughs> It's cute. A four-page journal, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. uh, you know, lots of information. Um, now, with this whole COVID thing and a lot of people uh, out there struggling, are you finding you're getting more clients now? People are, because it's forcing them to kind of reevaluate their life and they're kind of like going, I need help. I need to figure out what the fuck I'm doing. Well, you know, for me, it's just been incredibly consistent, but I was really shocked when COVID started, you know, I have this course that I do four times a year. It's been packed, like full, like people want community. So my, my membership, my monthly membership is the cheapest thing that I offer. That's very affordable for everyone. And it literally everyone, (laughs) most, most everyone. And it's people are like, Oh my God, I just want people. I want community. I want to see people. And so I think that's a really great outlet for people. And as far as coaching goes, yeah, it's just, it never, it never missed a beat. And there are, I think, more people now that it's been about a year of COVID who, right when the year started, everyone's like, I want a package, I want a package, I want a package. they want to lock themselves in because they know that this is the way. The inner work is the way. We've just lost this systematic approach of, oh, authority, everything's going to be fine. No, it ain't going to be fine. And by the way, your outlets of happiness are gone. So you need to find that inner happiness. And people yes. are like, shit. And I've gone through a lot in the last couple of years of losing my house in a fire, losing my dog, things with my marriage, things going on that I share. And people are like, how the hell are you okay and good? I'm like, cause it's from within. And I literally had to experience it and learn it and do it to teach it. Yeah. yeah. So they, my clients see that and they're like, shit, I want to be like that during this. I'm like, great, let's do it. Yeah. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. Is it possible? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the, one of the things, you know, it, it, that's the possibilities. And when you create that possibility, things really, really change, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and that's, and that's really, really important is it's all about the change. It's about giving people opportunities and everything else. And that's, and that's one of the things I was so happy when, cause part of this podcast is trying to get the right information to the right people out there and create a community. Um, it's been fabulous. I'm meeting so many different new people. I'm learning lots at the same time learning about myself, uh, you know, um, learning lots of information, but it's it really creating and creating that community, that sense of, you know, this is the information, you know, I've been getting for years and telling people. So now I just got to get it in a bigger platform. So, you know, emotional work is always something that I've, that's come up in so many of my readings. It's like, you got to, you got to get the emotional work. You got to get that sorted out. So I was very happy when my friend Mel recommended me, uh, recommended you to my show. And it's like, ugh, perfect. I need somebody who's an expert on emotional wounding and getting people through this. I've always been a severely highly sensitive kid. And I remember thinking to myself growing up, doesn't anyone know everything is a symptom of emotion? Cause it really does boil down to that. If your emotional world is off, everything is off. Yeah. 
your emotions are at peace, which by the way, I teach about controlling emotion and mastering emotion, you can basically choose to feel how you want, no matter what's happening. And That's very powerful. Like, what do you mean? And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to go into it right now, but I'm going through something pretty difficult right now. And I'm like, you know, what? no, because I got some shit to do. I'm not going to think about that right now. But what people usually do is that avoidance, Candace? No, it's called structured approach to healing. I'll deal with that after I'm done with my important shit. I'm not going like to let it sway me off my life and my clients. I will deal with that when I will. And that people is- don't understand that because they're like, oh my God, I'm triggered. I'm in my trigger. I'm like, but you're not your emotions. You're watching your emotions and you can give your emotions like a child, a structure to be heard at a certain time so that it doesn't explode. Yeah. Is that similar, similar to compartmentalize? I don't think so. I mean, no compartmentalize is like, yeah, I guess so. But, but the one thing I want to say is it's not like you're saying bye bye emotion. You're saying, Oh, I see you. I feel I'm acknowledging you, but we're not going to go into that right now. Yeah. Cause like, mama we'll, we'll, has something else to do. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it, but right now it's very inappropriate. We got to kind of figure things out. Well, you like you're not going to control me. See, people go into things that they need to have control over. I've seen it in my work where people I'm like, okay, let's look at the deeper root of the eating disorder you had when you were a teenager. Oh, well, I had no control. Exactly. So when we feel like we can control our emotions, like not, oh, I'm going to control you, but I'm going to manage you and I can give you a structure, then we don't need outlets to become controlling. Yeah, that makes total sense. And there's no really outburst too as well, because it's not all of a sudden you just kind of like, React. Just have this big explosion, whether it's anger or you just like, you know, screw it. I'm just going to eat a whole thing of Haagen-Dazs ice cream or drink a whole bottle of Jack or whatever. You kind of go, okay, I can manage it. Not a big deal. And that's mm-hmm. something I've learned. And it's been very, very powerful because I had no control over my emotions. They were just, they were like, I was, I was the uh, puppet and my emotions were just kind of like, totally. yeah, just totally controlling me. Totally. It's hell because you're on a roller coaster all the time. But what's going to happen? It's conditions controlling us, really. It's like that just happened. Oh my God. You know, I got to the point in my life where I'm like, I don't want my conditions to sway me when I'm having a good day. Yeah. How am I going to do that? And what I realized is, okay, it's conditional. If I can be unconditional with myself, saying I love myself no matter what, I'm here for myself no matter what, I'm going to stay with myself no matter what, then why would someone who loves themselves allow something outside of themselves to have more power over themselves than you? Very, very deep. Very, very true. I mean, you just, you just, um, you just keep laying truth bombs down there. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I'm listening to this. It's like, Rick, yeah, that was 10 years of therapy done in uh, 50 minutes right here. (laughs) You know, and I think that, I, I think that's, you know, it's really important, you know, um, the therapy process, like you said, it, it's not always for everybody. Right. It's a start um, if you're in it already and you're starting and it's a great process. Um, I've had my own issues with therapy. Um, I think they're, it, is, it was a good start. It really gave me the, the courage and to say that, you know, I wasn't as fucked up as I thought I was. Yeah. You kind of look back and take that lens and you kind of move it back from a second. You can get a, a greater perspective of it and you kind of see like, okay, you know, things weren't too bad, but the overall process, you know, um, I kind of move from therapist to therapist and then, you know, you get stuck in that story mm. and you just keep repeating it. You go in and you kind of keep repeating it. And then you kind of like, it's like groundhog day. You just keep, re- it's like you wake up and it's like, shit, it's the same thing again. I'm still repeating the same things. But um, with your work, it, it, it kind of gets to the meat of this meat of it so quickly mm-hmm. and so effectively. And it kind of gets, gives people permission. I think that's one of the things I, I really enjoyed about your videos and then your work is that you actually you allow people to have permission 
to make changes, which I think is, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing. I call it the permission slip, actually, because we're looking externally for a permission slip to own ourselves, love ourselves, change ourselves. We're looking out there, but we're, when we're doing that, we're giving our power away, saying, I'm not powerful enough to own my own authority, authentic self, my own authority on my own life. Yeah. It's funny because we're looking for someone to say, you can trust yourself about yourself. Uh, what? Look, look how crazy that is. Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? Because we're little children inside still looking for mommy and daddy to say, or some authority figure to say, it's okay to own what you feel. It's okay to own your truth and your power. But what's so funny about it is I got to the point where I was like, that's funny because I'm looking at all these authority figures who became my clients. And I'm like, they got a lot of inner wounds. That's interesting. Why the hell would I listen to someone who's in a position, right? Of power, yes. That has nothing to do with your integrity. It has nothing to do with who you truly are, how powerful you really are in your being. And so, you know, it's just this journey of realizing that everyone is equal. But why do you think you're not? Yeah, that is, that is, wow, that really says a lot right there. And so many of us think that, you know, for so many years, you know, programmed. So if you were to kind of say, or give a little bit of, I always like to ask my people on my show, it's like, can you give a little bit of truth bombs, a little bit of motivation, inspiration to the listeners? And maybe if somebody's watching this, lay a little truth on them, give them a little inspiration, something that they can leave with this podcast going, you know, they feel better from this podcast. Oh God, give me a topic. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think it's, it's, it's okay. Let's take, for example, okay, let's talk about self-love. Okay. So if you're if you were basically on stage right now and you had an audience and you wanted to talk about self-love and i think that's really important i think self loving yourself and understanding what love is is so important and i always say to a lot of people you are so much you're so loved that you have no idea like you have no comprehension of that you are so loved you just got to get in touch with that yeah so that being said i'm going to put you on the spot again yep all right Go, you got 15 minutes, go. So what I would say about that is, um, one of the things I like to tell people is how you relate to the issue is the issue, but how you relate to yourself in the issue is the bigger issue. How we relate to ourselves is how we are basically saying, I love you or I don't love you. When you can really think about the question every morning, what would someone who loves themselves do? If you don't know how to love yourself, look at someone who you think loves themselves. What would they do in this situation? How would they relate to themselves? I really take it seriously in my own life. Cause I always ask myself, you know, when I go through difficult times, the thing that I think is pretty good about my self-practice is if I need to have a meltdown, I'm like, damn girl, have a meltdown. There's no judgment on my emotional needs. There's no judgment on, you know, what I feel. Now, one thing about behavior, people think that they are their behavior. No, your behavior is an expression of how you're feeling. So if you can just give your feelings a voice without judgment, you're going to behave more in alignment with who you truly are. And you're going to love yourself more because you're going to trust yourself more because you're going to be in your integrity. So how we align with our higher selves is to say, okay, what would someone who loves themselves do? I would not judge what I feel. I would not um, pretend that I don't deserve what I desire. Think about these things. They're very simple. 
But if we let ourselves be that energy, we're not going to act out in a way that isn't true for us. And then we're going to have more of a self-loving integration in not only our body and how we're acting with aligned action, but how we're thinking and how others perceive us. It will be all accurate. It will be all the same and it'll be totally authentic. Wow. That was powerful. That was absolutely perfect. I think that in itself will, if you guys are listening, anybody's listening right now, and they can take away anything that Candace said. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, get into some inner work, get into those emotional wounds and heal that. I think it's really, really important. And that being said, we're almost out of time. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. I know. So, yeah. so if people are listening to this podcast and they're watching um, this video on YouTube, where can they find you? Um, where do they can find you on the World Wide Web? All that good stuff. Okay, well, my website is candicevandell.com. Pretty straightforward. Okay. Um, my YouTube is um, my name as well. Everything's really my name. Instagram is my name. Everything's my name. If you Google me, you'll find me. Okay. <laughs> I made it simple. Nice. Make it all in one place that they can find you there. Um, yeah. Any any crazy things that you're coming up with the, the new year? Any new programs that uh, maybe a yes. new book or anything else coming up that you yeah, can maybe... So uh... I'm going to be the first to mention this here. This is the first person I'm going to say it. So I wrote this book about the Aquarian age, about indigo children, about highly sensitive people and healing inner wounds about nine years ago. And I didn't um, release it because I didn't think the world was ready yet. But now that on the 21st of December, we've just come into the Aquarian age, there's so many people asking me about it in a way that I've never heard before. So I'm going to release that book by the end of the year, which I'm so excited about. There'll be, Perfect. if you're on my mailing list, you'll get all the information. I'm relaunching Emotional Rehab February 1st. It will start February 14th on Love Day. And Shadow Work is my new course that will be launching later this year. So if you find me, you'll see the wait list for that. You can get on that and you will hear all about the launches. They are things that if you're into this work, you don't want to miss. And you can read all the testimonials. People freak out. So, you know, I like saying that because people are like, well, I don't know. Is this right for me? I'm like, it is. Just trust it. I stand behind it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Just do the work. You won't be sorry. No. And then even if you, for a lot of people who are hesitant on it, just mm -hmm. doing the work itself, you will learn so much about yourself that you're going to apply. Whether you kind of go all in, like I would normally do, I would go like 100% all the way in, you know, there's yeah. no, no if, ands or buts and yeah. go deep. But yeah. if you don't, the, the, the amount of joy that you will have in the knowledge and just the clarity in your life yes. will be so important. I mean, um, please, if you get a chance, um, go to the website, take one of our courses, get the books, um, well, all the books that you can do. Cause I think emotion, uh, emotion rehab will be a nice book too, as well. It'll be a very big bestseller. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> if you take that into a book, um, <laughs> But anyways, Candace, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule. And again, thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I'm just going to close off the show. This has been the Metaphysical Mentor Podcast with Michael Philpott. Thank you so much for joining me and goodbye for now.